You want to drive or you want me to drive? You drive. Okay. I noticed that our... You got your permit. That's you true. <laughs> I do have my permit. I think I, I've given you the license. But too. the thing is that I have to do like, what is it? A year of driving? No, 50 hours. <laughs> right. 50 That's hours right. till you get your license. All right, let's go. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. As Isaac Trotter said beforehand, it's the Dirty Dozen, already episode 12, and we've had great response, and we love everybody uh, that's been listening to us, downloading to us, uh, subscribing to us. Uh, it's just been a little side project we've been doing, and Isaac, it's been a lot of fun so far in the reception. It's, it's great to hear and great to see that people actually like listening to us. Yeah, it's good to know that your content is appreciated and that it yeah. doesn't suck, right? <laughs> like, So that, that's enjoyable to have people that like it, and, and it's been really fun. I, even though we haven't only done this, what? once a week on average. Yeah. We'll ramp this up more once the seasons get started, once the games get going, our post-game uh, podcast. Once Piper's really not in Italy. Right. Well, and once <laughs> we get it back here, we can do a few more. So I, I'm excited for that. But right now, so far, so good. I mean, one a week, and we're th- this type of numbers is great. Yeah, and I think this will evolve. We'll probably add certain things to it, maybe add some guests in here as we go along. Yeah, and if people have like suggestions, hit us up on Twitter or something yeah. and let us know what you want to add to this podcast. If we if we can do something that you would like, we would more than we'd be willing to do that. All right. So we're recording this on Monday. The Italy trip, the games are done. Piper is back in the States. Um, we think. Yes, we think. Well, he's got a radio show today. And congratulations to Derek Piper. It's why we're leaving him alone today. <laughs> so we're giving him a little bit of space. But I think later in the week, you and Piper might talk and talk about that trip. Because, man, what a trip that has to be. Uh, for him to go on. I know it was a whirlwind because he was just traveling a lot. Didn't maybe get to see as many sites. But pretty cool you get to go over there, watch some basketball, and, and see a different country. Like that. And all the different food that he was uh, able to eat and the different sights and sounds. And just to see basketball in different places was really cool, too. In like 95 degree heat. Right, with mosquitoes <laughs> everywhere. Like That sounds like iffy, but it's got to be kind of cool, too. It's a little surreal. And a good trip for Illinois to go on, too. Makes you appreciate the EYBL circuit, right, with the air conditioning they have. All right, but uh, we were watching box scores. We're reading Derek's reports, and that's why it was great having him over there. He had in-depth stuff. He's getting feedback from the players and coaches, and it was great that the assistant coaches um, were able to talk with Derek and we get to see them coach games I don't know if I'd put any stock into much of this right like I think and I think Brad would tell you this the 10 practices is what we hear from coaches all the time when they make these trips those are more important than the actual games over there because when you put yourself in the schedule of these guys they played four games in five days in 95 degree heat um, in most of these gyms they the travel wasn't great right they're in buses for an hour hour and a half before games getting there Um, you know they only had seven scholarship players while they're over there so the, the first three games where they're clobbering opponents you're thinking oh this is the year this is the year and then they lose to the Netherlands B team and I don't think Twitter was crazy I was going I was having fun with it with some of the gifts and stuff but they they lost to a team that DePaul beat and there was another team that went over there and beat the Netherlands B team yeah which isn't a very good program right now so like I, I get there what do we put stock into the number one thing I put stock into is Alan Griffin's emergence um because those points those offensive rebounds, and most importantly for me, the confidence, the change in body, 
the style of play. You hear the coaches raving about him, that this has been a build-up the entire offseason, that he's attacking the glass. He's buying into his role. And you can tell when Derek talked with Allen, he's a confident kid right now. I think that's what rolls over into the season. And that's a huge, huge question mark for Illinois is the wing. Who's going to step up on the wing? Because you feel like you got two good post players. Um, You feel like you got three great guards that are good Big Ten players, maybe great Big Ten players. Who's going to step up in the wing, hit some shots for you, and do little things that win the game? I think DeMonte, we know, can do little things that, that help you, but can he score along with it? Allen gives you that kind of presence. Absolutely. And so I agree. Allen Griffin is the main big takeaway here. I, I think another thing, though, when I look at what Allen Griffin has done, is he's become best friends with Io. And that's a really good sign to have. It's because a good guy to rub off on. Exactly. You. The work ethic, the understanding how to be a pro and act like a pro when you're in college, those are very important things. And remember in the offseason, we thought that Allen Griffin might transfer at one point. And now we've seen a completely different change. He's bought into the program. He's best friends with the best player on the team. He's playing really well. That confidence is absolutely huge. I think this was a great trip for him. I don't put a ton of stock into Io dropping 26 points on he people because he's really, really good. You know what I mean? Georgie had a couple up and down games, bad starts, but th- that's what it is. This is a good opportunity for Illinois to go over and practice 10 times and play good basketball. The only thing I wish is that Kofi would have been over there and Andres would have been over there and Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk would have been healthy yeah. and been able to play. Yeah, I think those are the, t- the regrets there um, and people can throw blame around. I don't know if Underwood's talked about it yet. I don't know if he was made available over there um but obviously you want to know hey what went on here because same thing happened with west virginia and, and Shebway. so uh, it's not you know, like it only happened in illinois but these guys were stranded at the airport which is not a great look and it just stunk for them that they couldn't have this experience as much as anything at least uh, benjamin bossman's verdonk is able to experience this trip a little bit uh the other thing i think people were looking at tevian jones had some good point totals i know good dunks and i loved what jo- was it chin that said it, that said, I'm not concerned about it. He can go yeah. get 20. It's, it's the little things. It's rebounding. It's defense. And that's why when I was asked in a mailbag during the summer who I think is going to start, I put Alan Griffin in there because I've seen more defensively from him than Tevian Jones. Like Tevian Jones is exciting because he can score, he can leap out of a gym. But Alan Griffin did little things as a freshman, whether it was give you length on defense, give you boards, he tacked the glass, just did the little things that you know coaches love, and we know he can shoot, just like Tevian. So I don't know if I put like, oh, Tevian's bursting out right now, because I still think there's some things he needs to clean up defensively, but it was good hearing that he was at the top of a 1-3-1 zone, gets a couple dunks and uh, gets a couple of steals and dunks. Yeah, deflections are a big thing. Yeah. When you're six foot seven, six eight, and have the length there, that's the big thing. The la- the thing last year too that we didn't talk enough about was Alan Griffin's defensive rotations were much better than Tevian Jones. The yeah. on the ball defense is easy to see, and Tevian wasn't good at that either. But the rotations he was almost worse at either. He wasn't on help side. He wasn't a step over yeah. when the ball goes baseline. He's getting beat baseline and never there to help. He's just kind of standing there. So those are the things that I'm looking for him to improve on. You know he's going to go out and knock down a couple threes and he's going to be a very valuable piece there are going to be games this year where he goes out and gives you 18 or 20 like he did against Maryland but there's also going to be games where he gives you four and doesn't play good defense and every time he touches the ball he shoots it so I hope the maturation of his brain starts to come a little bit more too because you have got to understand what you're doing here this isn't high school where you catch the ball I'm the most athletic guy I can rise over anybody and just shoot right that's just that's not how it is anymore so if he can mature a little bit more give you something defensively and and if he's at the top of that one three one, and you have a situation where you have 
Demonte on the floor as well. Maybe Io's on the floor mm-hmm. with him with Georgie. Maybe Kofi's there too. That's a lot of length. That's a lot yep. of versatility defensively, and just another tool that Brad Underwood can have in his in his toolbox. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the Zach Griffith breakout? Absolutely. Eight <laughs> points. Look at that. You know him well, man. He's yeah, he's a good dude. We uh we played against each other in high school. Got a lot of playing time with the lack of post depth. That's there. right. We played against each other in high school for a couple of years. Played basketball and baseball against each other. So we know each other pretty well. We played at the Arc. We were on the same like teams and everything. But hey, eight points. Good for him. He needs to knock down more free throws. So he's like four right. for eight one game, then one for three the next. So I'll have to get on him about. Yeah. That. So I I mean I I'm buying this team. I, I think this was a very valuable experience. And as I've said before, I think the timing of this trip couldn't have been better by the year because yeah last year could have been helpful and maybe you win a couple games in the in the non-conference that you wouldn't have otherwise but that team wasn't making the tournament because of an Italy trip and I don't think just because this Italy trip they're going to make the tournament but I think it's just gives you 10 more practices four off-season games against competition you don't know that you wouldn't have had another year and I think that's so important that you could hit the ground running going into the season uh, even though some pieces got to work out I just think this was timed very well for a team trying to take a and I like the bonding aspect of it. Yes. There's nothing more bonding than going on a trip together in a country you don't know, you don't speak the same language, and you're all together, right? Like mm-hmm. that's important too. So again, there's not massive takeaways that you can take away from this, right? We're not going to come out here and say, "Well, Illinois is a guaranteed top five in the Big Ten type of team," <laughs> or "Oh, it's all over," yeah. right? Or, or yeah, burn it to the ground. So, but it's important and it's good. And now you can come back with some momentum and continue to crush it. Hopefully, Illinois is able to to get some momentum in recruiting and play that over into the season when the, we talk about make or break seasons maybe this is for brad underwood but you love the talent that you've accrued here you think that this is the time to actually show it and brad thinks it's time to actually show it you got to take advantage of an io desumu second year yes right and i think they will um some quick camps uh some quick hits on football we're going to get into a lot today we should have teased this a little earlier we're going to do players who have surprised us through nine days of camp players we want to see more from nine days into camp and some bold predictions based on nine days of camp. So we're going to get a little bold later on in the show. I have one that I think will raise some eyebrows right off the bat. But uh, I feel pretty good okay. about it, assuming some health here. So we'll get into all of that. But uh, some quick things. Injuries are starting to pile up a little bit. And I don't think there's anything really serious here. So that, that's why I want to get that out of the way. Because sometimes they'll hold guys out first week of camp, second week of camp, just because games are still 20 days away. You want your starters to be completely healthy. So Sidney Brown has had a hamstring that's been bothering him. I would expect if this were game week, he'd be practicing right now. I agree. Or, or pretty close to it. Uh, but Palcho had an injury that's kept him out a couple days. They'll take it easy on him. Jamal Milan's had maintenance days. Mike Epstein's had maintenance days. Jordan Slaughter's a kid you wish was getting more rest, but he's been hurt. Virtus Brown's been out the last couple of days, so it's really affected the offensive line and safety group probably more than any, um, but nothing too concerning. It's just the injury tent has been pretty low to the last couple of days. Yeah, for sure. I, I Again, like I think Paltrow's injury is probably the most significant. What is it, a concussion, right? Like We're not really sure exactly what it is, but if you looked at practice today, he's on the sideline. He's messing around with Kendrick Green during breaks. Yeah. He's throwing the football around. He looks fine. He doesn't look like a guy who's struggling with major issues here. Right, he's sitting head. in some dark room. Right, yeah. throwing up or having all of all of these issues. So again, it's it's something to note. And people ask, like, what is this? What are the reasons why the injuries? Is, is this why, why is this happening? I don't know. It's football. Right, it's, that's what it is. It's a contact sport. Or you're it's just going to happen. Calvin Avery missed a couple of days with a hand injury. Sure, Trayvon like. Sidney's not really practicing, not really sure what the injury is there. That might just be because he's locked down. He's the starting <laughs> slot wide receiver. We don't need to get you hurt because they don't you're kind of like Mike Dudek. You're, we need you on the field. Yeah. That, so I wouldn't be too worried about it. Once 
the end of this week starts to come. Like this is a big week for them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a big week for us too to get to see the, our last really look at the team before the season. I'm interested to see how many of these guys get back by the end of camp. Right. I expect a good amount of them to be back out on the field by Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The main topic, of course, is the quarterback battle. I don't know how much of a battle it is. Um, not because I don't think it's AJ Bush running away from the group because I don't know if Brandon Peters had near the camp that AJ Bush had last year, but he's now getting first team reps. He's getting all the first team reps now. Um, he's the guy who's the most steady. He makes some mistakes, but he doesn't make as many as Matt Robinson, right? He's maybe not as a dynamic of a runner as the other guys, Matt Robinson, Isaiah Williams, but he can move a little bit. And he had he had a play. I talked with Andrew Hayes Stoker today. He said we finally had a play where our quarterback and a wide receiver just went and made a play. Like every, Everything went wrong in the play, and you see Brandon Peters scramble to his left, outrun a defensive end, which Io Shugbanyu, which is pretty impressive, throw across his body to Josh Baby, who goes and attacks the ball. And, and the staff was pumped about it. And the next play, throws a strike touchdown to Caleb Breams. I think he's gotten better and better. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of Ricky Smalling reps, hasn't had a lot of Trayvon Sidney reps, so I think that'll get better. I think Daniel Barker and him have a good combination right now. I just think he's the steady guy that, no doubt in my opinion, will get them through the non-conference. No, like, I, I think he's the guy that will start. I know our caliber is going right. to be pretty high. I think he'll start the season. And Isaiah, he's been slowed by something, it seems like. Uh, he's not getting as much on the ball, but uh, he's a dynamic threat but he's still so young and he's still making mistakes and figuring his way through this offense I think it's invaluable for him to have Brandon Peters in that room and and I think that's what Rod Smith obviously wanted this is why you brought Brandon Peters here this is why you pushed so hard for a grad transfer quarterback because you needed this guy and so I wouldn't say I've been wowed by Brandon Peters throughout training camp throughout nine days but for the most part he's been serviceable he's been solid I think you know what you're going to get from him I was worried about his running ability and Rod Smith talked about often he's not an oak tree right he's going to be able to move a little bit well today in practice he was moving a little bit more there's a lot more run options for him and he did a good job with that too just getting five to seven yards and if you do that four or five times maybe six times that opens up everything else I don't expect him to break off a 40 yard run I don't know if I expect him to have a positive running total next yeah, year no. which is kind of ridiculous that the quarterbacks get docked rushing yards for uh, sacks but I don't know if I expect him to have a positive rushing total but he's not West Lunt. no like he's gotten that comp and when I watched the film at Michigan I saw him move around. I'm like, he's not quite that. Like, he's got, you know, Wes might actually have a little bit better of an arm than Brandon, but Brandon's got, he can make all the throws, but he also can prolong plays, which Wes wasn't able to do. Exactly. And, and we saw a little bit today the offensive line without Alex Palcheski was really struggling with Jake Cerny moving to right tackle. So he had a lot of pressure in his face. He did make a couple good plays. He's able to get outside the pocket and throw the ball away. He's not going to take a lot of sacks. He's smart about stuff like that. So I don't think this is a shot at Isaiah Williams or Matt Robinson mm. that they're not starting over Brandon. Brandon Peters. It's just, this is the guy that you brought in for a reason. He's a veteran. He's been there. He's been in Big Ten huddles. This is what you should expect. A.J. Bush's great camp maybe didn't translate completely to the season, but I also think A.J. Bush had a pretty decent season in totality. When you think of his running, I know his interception total is pretty high, but his touchdown total should have been much higher. His completion percentage should have been much higher because his receivers were awful. I would so, like to see what A.J. Bush would have done with him at Torbebe and Sydney. Exactly. So, I, I, I would say this. I don't know if Peters is an upgrade over A.J. Bush. I, I don't know. I don't think he has to be, though. I think he can be similar, get the passing game going a little bit, as long as your defense takes a step forward, right? So um, I, I think people are going to want – if Brandon Peters, this is the hard part for him, if he makes a mistake early, 
the crowd's going to be wanting one, right? They're, they're be chanting Isaiah Williams or, or murmuring Isaiah right. Williams. You're going to be hearing that. So that's going to be difficult for him. Um, I don't know if it'll be difficult for him, but that's going to be something he has to deal with. Brandon seems like a pretty even-keeled guy. Doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, which I think Rod likes. Uh, but I, I do think he'll be the guy. And, and through nine practices now, I think it's pretty clear that they're gearing up for him to be the guy. For sure. And he's taking all the first-team reps. Matt, Rod, I mean, we talked about the second week of camp is where the depth chart starts to matter a little bit. We're starting to see things. Love you said that. Yeah. Right. And now we see it, right? Now we see Brandon is the guy. Brandon's the, the first-team guy. And Matt Robinson, a really bad day. Today. And Isaiah yeah, Matt, Williams wasn't great. So Matt has day like Matt has moments. It's not even days because it seems like every day Matt has moments like today. He drops one into Donnie Navarro. And you're like, boy, that's a heck of a throw. And then he throws nearly three interceptions in the span of ten or five, ten plays right. during seven on seven. You're like, what is he thinking with that throw? <laughs> so it's just the up and down, and he moves really well. Um right now I think he's a he's a serviceable backup quarterback. That if he came in the game, he can help you. I think you can manage games, and I think you have a chance with Matt Robinson. It's just, can you trust him? I just don't quite trust him. And Isaiah's still working through saying, I still think it's Isaiah the second guy, right? At the end of the day, if you're going to have another starter this season, it's going to be Isaiah Williams just because he's such a dynamic, electric athlete. And and what are you going to get with him? You might not pass the ball that well. You're going to run the football really, really yes. well. So I think you have a no, more known commodity in Isaiah Williams than you do in Matt Robinson. You know that Matt's going to be a decent runner. He's going to be a decent thrower, but he's going to throw with a lot of interceptions. I with like Isaiah, him as a depth piece. Right. With Isaiah, though, you know for sure you're going to get a great runner. You're going to probably get one or two really nice throws and probably three or four pretty bad ones, right? Yeah. That, that, that's just kind of how it is. So it's interesting. I, Brandon is the guy. If he goes down with an injury, I think Isaiah is clearly mm-hmm. the number two guy to go in. Hopefully he can get over whatever he's kind of dealing with right now because he just doesn't quite look like himself yet. Yes, and I would tell you, like people, you go to practice, you watch him run, you're like, whoa, I've seen him be faster, and I've seen him throw, put more velocity on. So, so it's just something to watch moving forward. The staff isn't concerned about it. No, it doesn't seem. He's practicing, so it's all, it's all good. All right, when we come back, players who have surprised us so far during training camp, we'll also get to some players we want to see more from. That's coming up next eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's start with some players who have surprised us through camp. Start with the positive side of this. And I know this guy was good, but I want to start with Vidarian Lowe. He's been one of the best players at camp. Now, he's gotten beat a couple times. Like today, Wally Batiku beat him once. I think you've seen one rep in one-on-ones one. that he's gotten beaten. I haven't seen it. So, right. I, I'm so in still, nine I, days, we're saying two reps that he's lost. I got to get a second source with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to confirm it. Um, no, Vidarian Lowe, I just think, looks locked in. He looks focused. 
and he looks so quick. At his size, with his arms that are almost 80 inches long, it's hard for anybody to beat him. Now, he's not going up against you know some of the best defensive ends in the country here. I mean, A.J. Epinesa isn't lining up against him every day. But I feel like that's a great battle. Like I think Vidarian can give you that battle, and right now I think he's got a pro future. If he brings this kind of mentality he has all camp, I think he's taking a big leap. And it was interesting looking at the Phil Steele's magazine, I see Vidarian Lowe's second team All-Big Ten there, and I'm like, did he mean to put Alex Palczewski there? I agree. I said the same thing. But right now, Vidarian, I think, could live up to that hype. No, and and that's the thing, though. It's not either or with Alex Palczewski and Vidarian Lowe. It's and, right? Both of those guys that tackle are such a good good problem to have for Illinois. They can do some things. So I like Vidarian Lowe's mindset a lot this year. He seems locked in. He seems more mature. He's ready to roll. And you look physically. Who's physically more imposing, Vidarian Lowe or Alex Palczewski? It's clearly Vidarian. Mm -hmm. I mean, Vidarian's two inches taller, 15 pounds heavier, longer arms, right? Palcho's just really, really good too. So it's a good problem to have. I think both of those guys have a chance to be first or second team all Big Ten, maybe third. Like If those two are all Big Ten tackles, I meant to That's ask. A this. Nice thing. I got to text Martin O'Donnell this. Right. Like best pair of tackles since when for Illinois? Um, you know, I, the the group that you think of is is Pashos is and Marco Marcus Sullivan. Um, I don't know if there was some goose. I Jeff Allen was a tackle, but Posick was on the inside. Hugh Thornton was on the inside. Yep. There were some good groups of tackles, but this is one of the most impressive pairs of tackles I've seen at Illinois in my time covering them over the last decade. Who do you got? Who's one of your uh, surprises? Daniel Barker's been really, really good throughout training camp. He's like, going to be on my bold predictions. Here. Yeah, he was a guy that I didn't really love. What I saw from him last year, there were times that he was decent, and there was that that drive against USF where MJ Rivers just hit him over and over again. I think he had four catches for like thirty yards, but for the most part, he looked out of shape. He didn't look like he knew the playbook last year, like and he freshman. looked pretty lazy too. <laughs> and those are three things that I don't like at when I look at film. So, but this year he's been really locked in throughout the fall. His body looks much better. He's faster. He has a really good job in zone defense, finding the soft spots. He's been great vertically down the seam and making big plays. And he has got he's got good hands. So I thought a lot of people wrote off tight end as a position that could give Illinois anything this year after Luke Ford's not being able to play this year because of the NCAA. And I don't think necessarily that's the case anymore because Daniel Barker's played himself in that conversation. Justice Williams has been decent. Yeah. So they got some options. I got both those tight ends in my players who have surprised me. Barker, I think we knew was a good athlete. Uh, and once he got in a better shape, he'd be that would be on display. What gets me in, in talking to Corey Patterson is it's it's a Florida thing. <laughs> These guys just innately know football. And there's something about knowing where to slip uh, a defender, how to set him up on your route, and, and just the feel for space. He's does those things in the passing game and and without you know even our baby and smalling are good you could still use another target that's a big target across the middle of the field and he is a matchup problem for linebackers and safeties alike. So I think Barker's going to be a good target. And Justice Williams, you know, talking with Robert Rosenthal the other day, he goes, I think I'm talking myself into Justice Williams making an impact. And I go, me too, Robert, because he, he, you know, on the outside, he had a great spring of 2018 where he was getting so many catches. Um, now, the defensive backs were young, and he was exposing that a little bit. But he had good hands. He ran good routes. It's just he can't get separation against quick guys like that. And even he said it. As a former linebacker, he said, no offense to linebackers, but I can shake those guys. I can get open against those guys. And he has. And I don't know if Justice Williams is going to have a huge season, but I think he's another weapon you can add to the group. All right, who's another surprise you have? 
I got a couple that I could go with here, but Seth Coleman has been a really nice surprise for me. I, I thought he was going to be a little bit too small. I thought he'd get pushed, pushed around a little bit. He's been injured and out the last couple days, but for a freshman defensive end, he has been really disruptive. I love what he's been doing, attacking and getting after the quarterback. I think that in space, he's going to be pretty good, and his high school coach told me he's up 20 pounds. He was at he was playing at 195 last fall. This year, they have him listed at 215. Today, he didn't have pads on, so you could see the biceps a little bit, and they clearly looked much more defined I don't see him making an impact right now and I don't know if he'll see an impact next year because there's a lot of guys ahead of him but as a redshirt sophomore you have three more years of him with Moses Okpala and Keith Randolph that's a really good problem to have I've been pleasantly surprised what he's shown this year he has just he's probably the most natural pass rusher on the team if that makes sense. I would agree with that. Yes. Um, Pure he, pass rusher. He's one of the best speed rushers already on this team, which will be interesting to see if they need to use him or not, or, or whether Shagbanyo or Mondesir can be that guy who's a little bit better against the run. I think his future is very, very bright. Speaking of maybe freshman surprises, your boy, Tariq Barnes. Yeah. I've really liked him. He's the backup middle linebacker right now, and he looks the part. He's he's a bigger freshman. He's got good speed, and his instincts are, are pretty good. He's around the ball a lot in that second group. So I don't, again, know if he'll make a big impact on the field this year. I do expect him to play, though. He's already in the first team kickoff, and I think he's a great fit there. That's where linebackers can find their time and you know get on the field right away. And I think maybe Eifler would be the backup middle linebacker most likely, but Barnes I think looks the part to me. And I didn't I didn't expect him to be in the two deep this year. He looks like he is. I like seven linebackers right now. <laughs> like there's seven guys that I think are, are pretty decent. Kalen Tolson's been solid as a sophomore. Obviously, Sherman Cooper. You just see these little bursts from him. You go, wow, yeah. he's he's gonna be good. He's gonna be really good. Long and, and fast. Dele and Hanson and Milo and Delano have added some some stuff to that group too. So the linebackers were 14th in Phil Steele's magazine, is what I was reading. Now I think they're going to be a little bit better than that. They've been they've been serviceable. I wouldn't say they're a necessarily strength of the defense, yes. but they're not killing you. My my question is, can they make big plays? Right, and I do have a bold prediction on the linebackers. Oh, good. A later, oh, good. So that's a tease. Uh, can I can I mention another running back? Yes. We're at another running back to this group, Kenyon Sims. I think last year at this time, he showed up late because of that academic thing, uh, but he showed up and he was kind of out of shape a little bit, which isn't a surprise for a freshman. But then I saw him in the spring and he was kind of buried on the depth chart and he didn't make any big plays. This spring he or this summer he looks good. Uh, training camp he's he's broken some big runs. He's shiftier between the tackles. He's got some speed to his game, but he's also got some size. So that running back room just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And Nick Vidanzo is getting all the the scrap reps here along with Chase Brown. But you add those guys in the mix, probably next year Fidanzo a red shirt and Chase Brown's got a red shirt, and you just feel really good about the long term of this running back. So deep, so deep. I mean Reggie Corbin's going to leave, Dre Brown's going to leave, but I mean you have Reggie Love to come in and Chase Brown to replace those two guys so I I like that pick there I'm not going running back here I could but there's a guy here that that's been really really interesting to me and it's the fact that I didn't come in with super high expectations for him then all of a sudden he continues to get better and better and he looks like a scholarship guy and that's Jake Stover right like he's been really solid in one-on-ones he's been really good as that second string like I mean he's the sixth offensive lineman that's great but I was hoping that Jordan Slaughter would pass him up I was hoping that Jake Cerny would become more valuable I thought Keevan Myers and Virtus Brown all those and Stover would kind of fade to the background he hasn't he's he's clearly their sixth I I think he could step in and give you serviceable play yeah especially at center yes he's got to snap better he doesn't snap very well he has 
doesn't snap better, but he's not as bad as Kurt Gavin was last year. <laughs> That's true. That was that was three was or four problem. snaps over their heads every single time. Or fumbles. Buckus, uh, favorite yelling oh, boy. toy last year. Casey Washington. Yeah. With Joey Wagner's boy from yeah. day one. Uh, now he's cooled off a little bit here. It's kind of like the Matt Robinson. Going up against Marquez Beeson and, and Nate Hobbs. Yeah, once Juan you get Martin. into the second group and the first group a little bit, he, I, he hasn't been much in the first group, but he's slowed down here a little bit. But that looks like a pretty good eval by Stoker. Um, pretty athletic, a little bit quicker than I thought. Not that he's going to run by a lot of people, but his hands and his size really stick out. Another wide receiver that I've, I've liked is is uh, Dominic Stampley. I, I think that Dominic has had so many ups and downs last year, and we forget this was just his first year at Illinois, and that, that transition from Juco to Big Ten isn't easy for everybody, and Stampley's been much more consistent this this fall, not as many drops. Mm-hmm. I think he understands that Trayvon Sidney's probably the starter in the slot, but he could still have a very valuable role when they go forward wide, wide receiver sets, because I think he'll be on the field. He's been good in seven-on-sevens. He's been catching a lot of touchdowns, and he's been getting finding a way to get open, so that's the, important. The one thing with him, though, he's had some drops you know he said he had right. a lot of bad drops last year he's had a couple bad drops during camp uh he's bigger stronger faster than donnie navarro but donnie's a better route runner and he's got more reliable hands and just talking with stoker today you can tell like he he likes some things stampley does but navarro he seems to trust more and, and that's a big deal with, with Stoker. no and that and that's completely fair i just think that we know there's an upside there with yes. with Stampley, and you see the big Absolutely. plays. And if he is that that catalyst for you, and can be the guy that you can kind of bring in off the bench a little bit, that could go crazy for you and get you a 66 yard touchdown pass or something. That's really valuable. I mean, he could be your fourth receiver, and he doesn't have to be a starter. He doesn't have right. to be the he doesn't have the pressure there. He can be your five, right? Caleb Reams has been solid. Donnie, Donnie no. Navarro has been solid. There's there's other guys here, and if if he's kind of st- sitting back a little bit, and then is able to find his way, and, and is able to be a a service, it feels like a little bit like a six man in football yes. or basketball, right? Like yeah. a six man just come in and score for you a little bit. That's DeAndre's Felice, right? <laughs> um, yeah. All right, before we get to our players, we want to see more from. I I picked this guy as my sleeper. So I don't want to just confirm this, right. but I want you to talk about what you've seen from Lareo Oladipo because I've been very impressed. Yeah, Lareo Oladipo has been a monster. I, I Tymir Oliver's been out with a couple injuries throughout the training camp, and Lareo might not be a starter, but I think he's your number three, just like he was last year, right? He I think could he be should that be third the defensive starter. tackle. He's pretty close, right? <laughs> the thing that I like about what Larray does is that he runs really, really well for a big man. He's added weight this year. He's up to 285 pounds, 280-ish, and he's been able to be really disruptive on the interior. You talk about pure pass rushers from the interior. Larray might be number two for me. Him and Jamal yeah. uh, Woods are really, really good at that. So he's disruptive. He's, got he's good motor. smart. Yeah, he's smart, and he reads screens really well, too. He doesn't get sucked in easily. He does a really nice job of, of being an all-around well-rounded defensive tackle. He's got long arms too, which create problems in passing lanes. He covers up passing lanes because like he's six foot three as a defensive tackle. Sometimes you don't like that, but you know Calvin Avery's what six one. You know Jamal Woods is six two. Um, Jamal Milan's six one. So you get longer arms in front of there. He's knocked down a couple passes, and, and those are big plays during a game. It's not quite a sack, but it's it's an incomplete at the line of scrimmage. So uh, he's done that really well. You need four defensive tackles, right? Austin Clark would like to use five or six, and I think Laurel Adipo is going to be one of the the main ones here. Anyone else you want to hit on before we get? No, there? that's about that's yeah. about all of the the surprises. I I kind of knew what I was going to get from Reggie. You kind of yeah. know what you're going to get from Ricky and all those guys. Even, These even are guys the surprises. Like, 
Imator Bebe and Sydney. Even Marquez Bison, right? Right. right. I mean, you kind of had expectations for those guys. So these are kind of some of the, kind of the deeper cuts or guys. Uh, even Vidarian Lowe has just been much better than I even thought he'd be. All right, when we come back, let's bring up guys we want to see more from, some concerns so far during camp. That's next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're not going too negative here, but there are positions and concerns that we have a little bit into camp. And I got to say, I feel a little bit better about the defensive line after the last couple of days. Now they've been going against some of that second string offensive line. Jake Cerny now is a starter at tackle where I think he's better at guard. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I am pretty disappointed so far in the defensive end group, especially the veterans. Yes, uh, Batiku has flashes. He beat Vidarian Low today uh, on a pass rush and, and ended up sacking Brandon Peters and actually hit him while he was throwing, which Lovey Smith was not very happy about as Brandon was shaking off his hand. But Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay, I want to see more from. Owen's had a good couple last days, but I... Bobby it's a low bar to cross, though, because yeah. he was so bad the first week. Bobby Roundtree's injury, sadly, has such a huge impact. Do you have a difference maker there? I haven't seen it quite yet. No, I haven't either. And I, I think I wrote this the, the other day. I can't remember which piece it was in, but I felt like Wale Batiku was more consistent than Isaiah Gay and has been more disruptive than Owen Carney, right? So if I'm going to rank our defensive ends right now, I think Wale Batiku would be one for me. I'd have Carney. I'm, I'm not... I'm not there yet. I think Batiku is still really raw. He is. He is. And Carney does some things that are decent. He's been he's been like you said a little bit better the last few days. But I, I expect more out of a junior though. That's played a lot of yeah, games. Yeah, like he has 22 starts under his belt. Like he's played 2 years and and he just hasn't shown it. I mean, this was a guy that had all these offers out of high school was a good recruit to get in that class of 2017 and just hasn't done it. So Well, and when when Austin Clark says on the record to me, we need him to play hard all the time. That's, that's a, that's a concern for a junior. Now, again, we're saying this on Monday. I think he had a good Saturday practice. He had a couple disruptions. Uh, today, he had some disruptions, had a sack. Um, I, I think he's getting better, and it seems to be clicking a little bit more for him. Isaiah Gay, I know he's been nicked up a little bit. I've barely Not written noticed his him name at all. down. Not noticed that, him at all. Like Batikra, I'm mentioning way more than him. Io Shogbanyo is getting first-team reps because they know they're getting effort, they know they're getting speed rush, they know they're getting motor. It feels like Shukbanyo has is gone in front of Isaiah Gay. And even Mondesir's had some moments, probably more so than Isaiah Gay. So Isaiah Gay would be higher on that list right now for me right. than Carney because the way he started his career, it was like, oh my gosh, what did James Kirkland find here, right? And then ever since then, and you understand it as a freshman, but last year, the suspension during the spring, then he didn't really do much during the season, had one sack, and then during spring, he's hurt. And now, again, during the fall, it's just crickets kind of with him. Yeah, it's interesting. It just, like, you don't see him at all. I mean, even Keith Randolph has been more disruptive yes. than him, and Seth Coleman has been more disruptive than him. So that's a problem. And the, the thing that, that's kind of frustrating is when we were going into training camp, who were the two guys we wanted to see more from? Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay through nine <laughs> Veterans days. Veterans who must step right, up. Right. Who are nine days after nine days? Who are the two guys who needed to see more from? Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay. So at, at and, some and point, maybe they are who they are. Right. And this as is it. Owen told me, 
it's because they have such huge shoes to fill, right? You had your best player on the team. They're trying to replace him, and that's really difficult. It's a lot of pressure, but they need more from those guys. Um, I got a pair of former teammates. Now, one guy's starting to step up a little bit more. Okay. But Keevan Myers and Calvin Avery. Yes. For people who think this is the breakthrough, I'm not quite certain yet. I will say, though, Calvin Avery, as bad as he started camp, where he's getting beat by Preston Ingle on some one-on-ones. Shout out to Preston Ingle walking. Good job, dude. Right? Jake Stover beating him one-on-ones and and kind of throwing him around a little bit. Um, He's had better days. Like He's he's had some better days recently where that talent still flashes through, like it did last year. Then there's other teams at times like, man, let's get into gear a little bit. Both those guys, though, entering their second fall camp, are not in good shape. They're the same weight that they were when they came in. Yeah, that's not good. That is just not good enough. And Calvin today, I think Kevin's lost some weight, but he's still got a ways to go. Yeah, well, yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of what I'm saying. Like it, they seem like they gain weight when they go home, then come back and have to work that weight off again. It's just not consistency and understanding who you are and what you need to do. And there's such an opportunity at that second group of offensive linemen, and Kevin Myers isn't taking advantage of that he's opportunity third team at all. Right now, yeah. yeah, third team at all. What does he do during practice? Sometimes he's the you know the fake defensive end that rushes and. They block right so you just aren't able to see a lot from him yet Calvin Avery today had a really nice play where he blows up Kurt Gavin and, and gets in right into the backfield and Kurt Gavin probably said something got up in his face and what Calvin do he took a paw and just shoved him down right mm-hmm. and had to run for it like you want to see him mature a little bit more understand the situation Wait, he, took a, more. he took hands to the face right <laughs> right so th- there's just different little things here that you want to see more from a- another guy that well, I, you see guys like Jamal Woods right or Dion Pate right who are ahead of him right now? Like Dion Pate's on the third team, probably with Calvin Avery, yes. but he's They're ahead fifth of and sixth. On yeah, the he, he's path. ahead of Calvin right now because they know what they're getting. They're getting motor. They're getting effort, and that's what they want at Calvin. If Calvin ever gets that, boy, look out! He could be an All Big Ten player, but that's what you're trying to, to get out of him right now, and it's just inconsistent. And I think another thing is the fact that he doesn't breathe very well, right? Like that That's an issue for him, and he's not in he's great shape. Asthma. asthma, right? So when when those two things happen, and you can see, okay, there's the really good Calvin Avery rep, right? And we all go, wow, look at that. Look at what he did there. <laughs> just, you just powers look, over people. Right, yeah. but then you forget about the four other reps that he just <laughs> takes off because he can't, you know, he can't physically do it. So it's a big off season for him, a big season and off season for him. I'm interested to see what Coach Hernandez is able to do with those two guys. But I thought Jamal Milan was fantastic today yes. on Monday. Um, you see the flashes out of him. He's just got to stay healthy. Oreo Depot, Jamal Woods, I think have been pretty good during camp. You know, Kenyon Jackson's a veteran that they they like, but you know, Cal- Tymere Oliver. Yeah, Tymere Oliver's been hurt. This is an opportunity for Calvin, but Calvin's got a lot of competition. I know fans, he's a four-star prospect. He's the you know highest-ranked guy along with Hurtis in that class of 2018. He's still got to earn it, right? He's still got to earn it. He'll play because he's talented, but can he earn the trust of the staff? That's and, the biggest part. Yeah, and, and a little bit like Dominic Stampley, he doesn't have to be the starter this year, right? Yeah. And if he can be that guy that you bring in off the sideline that can give you three or four dominant reps and you take him off and then three or four plays later, that, that can yeah. work this year. Eventually, though, he needs to develop and be that guy because after the season – Kenyon Jackson's graduates, Tymere Oliver graduates, and Jamal Milan graduates, and there's going to be an opening spot there if he wants to take up and take it. All right, Isaac, players you want to see more from. We've mentioned Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay, Keevan Myers, Calvin Avery. Who else you got? Stanley Green. I had him on my list, Yeah. Coming into this season, like at safety, I I like Sidney Brown and Tony Adams more, for sure. No doubt in my mind. But I wanted Green to be that third safety that you could count on, that veteran. I was happy that he didn't 
grad transfer like mm-hmm. Cameron Watkins did because I think a guy like that's valuable that you need to keep around in your program. And so he misses the first three days of training camp. For we don't know why. Right. He hasn't talked to anybody. He comes back. He doesn't practice for a couple of days as he kind of gets back into shape. And then he's practicing a little bit more here and there. And you just haven't seen anything from him. And I had now, higher expectations from him. I will say this. We don't really see Stanley come through when you're not taking people into the ground. True. And you're not seeing when he can force tackle, force <laughs> right. fumbles. Right. So that that should play in here. But yes, when when you see the rest of that secondary, Tony Adams is still probably one of the defensive one of the MVPs of this camp. Nate Hobbs might be the MVP of the camp now. Marquez Beeston's been one of the most impressive players. I think Quan Martin quietly doesn't have as many big plays, but he's been pretty good during camp. When Sidney Brown was healthy, he was great for right. the first couple of days. So you you see these guys and maybe your expectations are a little too high for Stanley. But I do think he's very useful, especially against teams like Wisconsin and Iowa, teams that Michigan run State. it. Yeah, teams that run it like they do. He's a valuable piece. And a guy who's got a lot of experience in this conference has had some productive play for depth because Tony Adams has been hurt a lot. Sidney Brown is hurt right now. And then you have Kirby Joseph back there who's a free safety, right? You want somebody who can come up and hit people in the box, and Stanley Green definitely can do that. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You just need to see more from him. I I think that he'll get back to shape and, and get back rolling a little bit, and we'll see when the season rolls in. There's a great great chance that with Stanley Green's the week one starter, I just had higher expectations, and he's clearly right now behind Kirby Joseph. Kirby Joseph has a better better camp than him so far, so yeah, he needs still, to step up. Still Adams and Brown, though. True. Those guys are playmakers. Right. Uh, one more guy that I have, Ricky Smalling. Now, his reps are a little lower because he's a veteran, because they know he doesn't need as many reps. Uh, but even talking with Stoker today, he was saying, you know, Ricky – had a lot of pressure on him last year, and maybe I, as a coach, put too much pressure on him. Maybe I should put Caleb Reams in a little bit more to to give him breaks. But that's a kid who had a productive season last year, but it should have been more productive. And you've seen Imator Bebe make some big catches. You've seen Sidney have some big ones. Ricky's had some nice plays, especially in 7-on-7. He's been really good, but in 11-on-11, it's gone a little quiet. Um, I still think he's a really good player. But Nate Hobbs, I think, has gotten the better of those battles, which I'm not surprised because Nate is, is, is a better NFL prospect and I think a better player right now. But still, you want to see Ricky win some more of those and just see him make more plays than he has. Ricky is not going to be the one, in my opinion. I think a lot of people have said, okay, Ricky's going to lead your team in receptions. He's Me? your best wide uh, receiver, I, right? I'm still picking him. Right, you could still pick him. I, st- I think it's Trayvon Sidney, right? I, I still think he is that guy because Ricky just doesn't have that explosiveness right now. And there's sometimes where he doesn't, doesn't create separation. And maybe we're judging him a little bit too hard because he does have to go against Nate Hobbs, who's one of the better corners right. in the Big Ten. And he does have to go up against some teams. So... He, if he could pick on people and start to elevate over some guys, that'd be good. I, I got one more, though. That's okay. really, And this is a very much of a deep cut, but Ezekiel Holmes has done nothing throughout this camp at all. And it wasn't like I came in with expectations and wanted him to do more. Had a lot of people on the board asking about Ezekiel Holmes. I'm like, where's this coming from? Right. Like, why, why are people asking about it? Because he looks the part. I mean, he, he certainly looks the part. I mean, him and Seth Coleman... He's longer than Seth Six, Coleman. Three, 230 is what they list him at. I think he's taller than that, it feels like, but he looks the part. He's but, got big legs, like big Austin arms. Austin Clark's on him, man, about motor and all that. I, I think Keith Randolph's making mistakes, but if they were to play today, I think Keith Randolph's ahead of Ezekiel Holmes. I couldn't name a lot of defensive ends that are ahead of Ezekiel Holmes. Or that are behind, behind Ezekiel Holmes, right? Like, yeah. there's just not many out there that aren't walk-ons. So yeah. that's a, that's a problem, and that's a guy that after redshirt year, you expected him to be like a little bit more energized because okay, I, I'm not redshirting anymore. Now I can have a chance to play. Well, and there's an opportunity, huge opportunity, right, now. right? And he's done 
jack squat. So yeah. that's really frustrating. All right, when we come back, you got any more or you want to get to bold predictions? Bold predictions time. All right, I got a hot one. Oh, boy. Right when we come out. I'll be ready to throw the water on this one to, f- to defuse it. That's next. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, bold prediction time. Should I just come out with it hot yeah, and just heavy roll right it. away? Just go after them. This team will be led in rushing by Mike Epstein. Okay, why'd you steal mine? <laughs> I've been all right. So can I? Okay, that's a great hot take. Now I can't go after you because that's a good one. I agree. I agree. Uh, Mike Epstein was the team's leading rusher through what five weeks last year? Three games. Three games. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, after the USF game, but he had they, were, yards. they were two yards apart. Yeah, they yeah. were. They were neck and neck. This is this needs health, which is assuming a lot. But I still think as good as Reggie Corbin is. Mike Epstein is the best running back on this roster. It's crazy to say, and Reggie, if you're listening, you're awesome at what you do, right? How can we say that after a third All-Big Ten year? But Reggie has the explosive ability. My question always has been going into this year, can he replicate that? Did everything go right that had to go right to have that year? Is he going to have seven runs of 60-plus yards again? I just don't know if that's possible. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it is, and he has a huge two thousand yard year. So the thing I, I but hate I, you I, so much. Sometimes. I just <laughs> Mike, you watch him, and he's such a perfect fit for this offense. He's a better receiver. He's a much better blocker. Better vision. And when he's been on the field, he's been as productive, if not more productive, than Reggie Corbin. Now these two were great together uh, two years ago. Right And Garrick McGee's last year, when they were both healthy, they were both producing six-plus yards per pop. Um, and then the next year, obviously, Garrick McGee. No, it wasn't. It was uh, Kendrick and Kendrick Foster yes. and Reggie Corbin. And Mike Epstein and Reggie Corbin were both great together last year and split the carries. I think they're great compliments to each other. But if you're going to tell me who's the workload back, I think it's Mike Epstein if he can handle a workload on that foot. Right. So it's a, it's a bold prediction because of his health, but he's been good okay so the thing the reason i hate you so much is because you (laughs) steal things from me that i've been percolating in my brain for a while and it's like you read my brain and knew it because on the hill today sorry at training camp you can sit on top of the hill and look at things and mike had a big run then reggie got stuffed on the next one and i turned to joey wagner scott richie in the news gazette and i go Mike Epstein's the better running back than Rayvon Bob, or than Reggie Corbin, and I got killed for it. Right? <laughs> Did I got, you really? Oh, I got absolutely murdered. I'm, w- I'm with right? you, brother. And they're all like, oh, "No, this is not right." And I'm like, "I, I think he's well, better." Here's the, here's the thing: Reggie is great at what he does. So he, good. He's, he's an elite, elusive guy. Right? Makes people miss in the phone book. There are moments when Rye goes, "You're dancing too much." Right? You just just hit the hole and, and let it go. Mike does that. Right. Right. So uh, Reggie's your home run threat. He, I mean, and Reggie's got a chance at the NFL. Right. If Mike stays healthy, he's got he's got a chance too. I mean, he's not going to wow you with speed. Neither does Reggie. 
Uh, but it's just he does everything well. Like there, there's not a really holes in Mike Epstein's game. And I think Rod Smith is going to use both of those really well. Yeah, and, it's not a competition. Right, they they complement right. each other, and and Mike needs somebody else because I was, of his foot. I was doing the numbers last year, and through five games, like Mike had a issue. Mike will tell you he wasn't healthy last year at all, right? And especially and, the the games after was it USF, right? Or Penn State. He was good against Penn State, but then after that, once Big Penn Ten State, plays yeah. started rolling, he was not feeling it really well. Yeah. But through five games. Last year, Reggie and Epstein had 67 carries to 66. They had like 10 different uh, in yards, right? They're 10 difference in total yards, right? So I think that's what they'll be used mm-hmm. as. I think that both of those guys, if they're on the field together, can average 80 yards a pop a game, right? Yep. Together. And you look at Epstein, what's his career yards per carry? Six and a half. What's Reggie Corbin's career yards per carry? 7.3, right? Mm-hmm. You could have both of those and succeed. So I don't hate that hot take at all because I agreed with your hot take. <laughs> all right. What's your, do you have another one? Okay. So here's a, a, a deep um, hot take. I think that I think that Casey Washington turns into the fourth wide receiver this year. Wow. I think that he passes up Turnard Davis. I think he passes up Caleb Reams. I think he passes up Dominic Stampley. And I think he finishes fourth among the wide receivers and catches this year. That is bold. That's my bold prediction. I really liked him. That's, and that's, a, that's not, a Joey Wagner sponsor. Right. But <laughs> I got paid 25 bucks. You know? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, though, because I, I look at Casey and his body's not quite there yet. He's not, his Physically, the strength isn't there. The speed isn't quite there yet. But he gets open. He finds a way to be productive. And I think he's going to get used when he's on the field. And if there's an injury, Casey Washington might be yeah. the top backup to get in there and be that starter. All right, my second bold prediction. Mm-hmm. I've made this one before, but it's only been uh, solidified, I think, this camp. Okay. I think a linebacker leads the team in sacks. Daylay Harding? Probably. Okay. Like Jake Hansen's had a pretty good camp, too. But yeah. it's probably Daylay because he's a great blitzer. I think a linebacker leads this team in sacks. I think you know a guy like Oladipo could give you four or five. Milan could give you four or five. I don't know if I can count on Carney for more than five. I think I can count on Harding for more than five. He gets after the quarterback, and they've been blitzing a lot more, and I think that's how they're going to have to generate some pass rush. So, Dele Harding, yeah, probably my pick to lead the team in sacks. I think Illinois has three all-Big Ten offensive linemen. I think that Alex Balcheski is a no doubt off all Big Ten guy. I think Vidarian Lowe is three teams or top two teams. Top three, okay. top three teams, right? So how many offensive linemen did it take in the top three? Fifteen. Mm-hmm. I think Illinois gets three of them. That's tough. It's a bold prediction, but I think there's a really good chance that Kendrick Green could have that breakout season and be a third team type of guy. Vidarian Lowe, if he keeps playing the way he is, he'll be up there, and Alex Balcheski will be too. the The real thing it comes down to is how many games does Illinois football win? Because if you mm-hmm. win four and eight or you're three and nine, there's no way that that's going to happen but if you surprise some people and you go six and six maybe you're able to squeak to seven and five then a chance for those three guys to get nominated because they're good they're really really good all right here's my uh buying into what you see during training camp okay. through nine all right, days. All right. uh last year the tight ends had 11 catches for 98 yards mm-hmm. i'm gonna say daniel barker and justice williams will top 30 receptions combined i can i that's that's All fair. Right. That's fair. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Barker like 22 ish. Oh, okay. Yeah, 22 ish, and give Justice about 10 ish. That's fine. That's right? good. That's that, good. That's, that's a pretty good year there. for Illinois tight end. Okay. Here's my other one. Illinois secondary had 10 interceptions last year. Mm-hmm. I think they get 16 to 18 this year. Whew. I think. Whew. I th- no. I, I. So between six guys. Yes. So because I. All right. So I would have said like 12 or 13. No, I, I think they get more than 15. That, that's the thing. Like, uh, it's Because you look at Nate, if he gets thrown at, he's going to pick off about 
three. If he gets a jump ball. Right. Yeah. It's three or four. I think Quan has three in him again, like he did last year. Now you're at seven. Marquez, you're going to get two or three from him. Yeah. That's ten, right? And Tony then Adams. Tony Adams is going to get a couple. Sidney Brown needs to just get a couple. And who knows? Maybe Stanley Green just gets one, <laughs> right? And there you're at. There you're at. You're at 16 right there. All right, my bold prediction after this first week of camp. I don't even know if he's going to get... 30% of the playing time of these other guys, Marquez Beeson leads the team in interceptions. There you go. Boom. Because <laughs> Quan did last year, right? right? That's right. Uh, no, yeah, who'd have no, to get Delshawn passed him. Oh, Delshawn had four. That's right. Um, but yeah, Marquez just breaks on the ball so well. I want to see him, and I was telling you today, I want to see him go more against Ricky and Josh Bebe because he's been going against second string wide receivers, and you know he's more athletic than those guys. So I, he got a couple reps against Bebe today, but he didn't really get tested. I'd like to see that more as camp goes on. I hope the coaching staff just says, Nate, sit out this series, man. We know right. you're good. Quan, sit out this next series. Let's get Marquez in here because if you guys go down or we need you to get a break during a game, we want Marquez to be ready to play against Big Ten wideouts like Ricky Smalling and Josh Bebe. I'd, I'd love to see the rest of this week how he does against there because he has ripped up that second team. And uh, Kudos to Jordan Holmes, who's won a couple battles against him. Um, but Marquez, just his breaks on the ball, his his burst. He looks like a top 100 guy, doesn't he? Does. He? he does. I mean, he reminds you of when Vontae came in here. reminds you when Terry Hawthorne came in here. And those guys were both future NFL guys. That's what Marquez looks like. Here's another one. I think Rayvon Bonner leads the team in rushing touchdowns, right? He hasn't <laughs> has taken a camp snap in, in training camp, right? But he is big and strong and physical. He has got he could be that goal line guy. I think Epstein probably would be if he's healthy. Well, here's the thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Sorry to cut you off. You don't have the A.J. Bush battering ram. That, that's a concern for me this year. Mm-hmm. That's why I think they'll use the running backs more. Red zone offense. Because remember, two years ago, that was a huge issue. It was horrible huge two years Huge issue. Because uh, Jeff George would drive the length of the field, and then we'd, you'd get in the red zone, and Illinois couldn't score. Last year, you were able to do that more often than not. You had to settle for a lot of field goals, I know, at times. But A.J. Bush gave you a new dynamic that he could do that. Now, I think Peters actually gives you a decent guy because he can both throw and run a little bit and I think he can be a little bit of a just extend the ball I'm six foot five I can right. get a touchdown on a short run but he's not AJ Bush right so that that's going to be interesting to watch how they do in the red zone because even with Peters in practice red zone's been an issue a little yeah bit. absolutely that's why I think Rayvon Bonner could be that piece there and and I think you'll see those guys a little bit more Re- Reggie Corbin's going to get his touchdowns Mike Epstein's going to get his touchdowns but the thing that Rayvon has is he's improved his speed a lot he's faster than both Epstein and uh, Reggie Corbin right now so I think you, you'll see more of that agility but he's still got that bowling ball mm-hmm. big shoulder drive you into the ground he'll he'll run over some people this year any more bold predictions? Is this bold that I think Brandon Peters could throw for over 2,000 yards? No. If he's the starter all games, I'd hope he would. Right. But I don't know if he will be the starter all games. That's the thing. That's what <laughs> makes it bold. I think he finishes well, I think, the year. I think that would suggest he would be the starter for most yes, of the year. Right. Yeah. I, I think he can get you 2,000 yards this year. Yeah. I would I would hope so. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you got... I you think got the you got the to weapons to do. Like I even talked with Stoker today. He, I said, I know last year going into the season, you felt differently than we did at the end of the year, right? Because Sam Mays had a great camp. Mike Dudek was healthy. Ricky Smalling was coming off a great freshman year. But he, the depth of the weapons, they feel a lot better about. And I do think Brandon Peters with the running back group, with Bebe and Sydney here with Smalling, even a guy like Navarro or Stampley, right? Like That's your second string now. 
the fact that you're not counting on Caleb Reams to be your starter anymore. He can just come off the bench. Uh, you got a guy like Casey Washington you think can make an impact maybe at some point this year, and, and Daniel Barker's much better than he was a year ago. Like Last year they thought they had Lou Dorsey going into the year, and yeah. obviously that didn't happen. So um, I do think they feel better about the depth of the weapons around their court. Okay, here's a deep cut. Who finishes the year with more catches, Stampley or Navarro? Navarro. I'm going Stampley. Can I go with more receiving yards, Stampley? <laughs> I think that's <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Navarro is kind of a dink and dunk guy. Kind of what Trenard Davis was last year, but I think he's better, uh, quicker, uh, gets open a little bit more. Um, but I think Stamp- Stampley's a home run threat, man. Like he, He's got speed. He's got a little bit of strength, too, where I think he can... He can be that guy. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I love those either ors. I'm trying to think of others. Who has more tackles, Tariq Barnes or Shimon Cooper? <laughs> I think Barnes. I think so too. Right if now, he, especially today. if he plays, especially if he's like one of the the guys think, on special teams. I think it's great that we now can go into that thinking. Shimon doesn't ha- have that pressure of. I know he wants to start, and he'll be mm-hmm. upset if he doesn't start. But you don't have the pressure of that. He can just get used to the college game, play some special teams, play late in these early games, hopefully. Right, and this is what Iowa does to teams, the players. This is what Wisconsin does to players. Right, think of all right. Shimon Cooper was great in offseason workouts, and it was bench pressing the house, and you know what I mean. He he looks better physically, but think about what it'll look like in a year from now. Right, right? and the his brain and how much developed he will on this. Like Quan came in as a strong, like better shape than we thought, but look how much better he is. Right now, well, imagine if year. he didn't have to play last year, right. right? Like, imagine how much better he would. You know what I mean? It just, it just is different. And like, we, Illinois hasn't had that, that commodity for so long. Can I mention a freshman? I, I maybe wanted to see a little bit more from. Yeah, Kyron Cumbie. Yeah, I was okay. I was talking <laughs> to Joey Wagner about this too. I go, yeah. he's been really quiet. Like, I get that he's going to return punts, but like, well, returns is kind of an issue though. I think Trayvon Sidney would be the guy right now, and right. I think Jordan Holmes would be the backup because he catches the ball. I know the Nebraska game he had a bad one, but um, he's been really solid there. Cumby hasn't been, and he's had some decent catches, but he hasn't gotten the ball as much as I thought. He's been he kind hasn't of buried on the rounds third at all team. either. Yeah, no, and he's they, been, maybe they're not showing us a lot, but I, I kind of thought maybe he could be the third most impactful guy outside of Isaiah Marquez. I think that's Casey Washington. I think that's Casey Washington. Four would probably be Tariq Barnes. I, special I, teams yeah just because you're gonna play and he's gonna get on the field so uh, matt judd on special teams <laughs> yeah I, he's i been, like him matt, as a walk-on matt's made some good catches the problem man. was he was brought to illinois and as a walk-on to get aj henning and that didn't work out so <laughs> i like what matt's giving you so <laughs> no far. it's interesting i i think you're I, I i feel like this team is deeper than it was the last few years like it's just you still I'm got some areas sure. second right. string offensive line's a big concern yeah despite a couple nice blocks today from julian pearl um that's still a big concern is depth when you see it right away. When Palcho gets hurt, all of a sudden you have to put Cerny yeah, in. Yeah, the offense doesn't click. It just the offense hasn't quite clicked throughout this camp. And maybe it's just because it's camp and the defense knows what's coming and you have the monotone of everything it is. But but you do start to think, Isaac, of, man, even if it's 4-8, and eight, you think of the roster that returns next year. Yeah. And everything you add to it, right? And like Luke Ford's coming in. And then you see what you can do in the rest. Of, that's the problem is recruiting. But this roster long term is in so much better shape than it was two years ago. So much better. So they, much better. They are recruiting better athletes. They're getting more depth. 
it's just time to win with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I just look at 2020, and I don't want to be so focused on 2020, but you're, you bring it up and you're right. I mean, four offensive, four offensive linemen back, Luke Ford back. You're basically your entire running back. room back, right? You're the future of your quarterback position. All back. the wide receivers are back. Literally every <laughs> wide receiver, for, Reams. Reams and Trenard Davis. Yeah. That's, that's all you have back. Your defensive line, you lose three defensive tackles, but you have all your defensive ends mm-hmm. back. You know you have the depth there. Dead your linebackers, linebacker. you're losing one. Your secondary, all back except Stanley Green, who's been your sixth best second guy in the secondary. Right. Like, th- that's a roster. Your punter's back. Your kicker's back. Everybody's so, back. So, yeah, it's just the long term looks so much better. Yeah. And and that's not saying that Lovey Smith should automatically back, right. be back this year. I'm just saying, what we're I think what we're trying to say is that the future of this roster looks much better, much more competitive. And now it's time to show it. And it's why those transfers are so big to get you to those. And one of my big takeaways throughout this training camp is I, I feel like non-conference schedule is not going to be as hard as I originally thought. Right? Yeah, I hope like, not. Right? Like it, this looks <laughs> it like really a shouldn't be. This looks like a roster that's going to be able to beat Akron, right? And not like a roster that's going to be needing praying for, you know, Mike Dudek to return a punt yeah. against Ball State or something. I, I don't like know that. if this gets people excited. It looks more like what Maryland's rosters look like the last. So like maybe not to the level of Iowa yet or, or Michigan State yet, right? But Maryland's put some competitive teams out there. Sure. And some athletic teams. Illinois feels like it's there. Now, there's... It's not the bottom tier. It's like the second to lowest tier close to the... You know what I mean? If there are Indiana, four tiers, Maryland, all Right. That, if right? there are four tiers in football, they're not in the fourth, but they're in the upper end of the third, might trying to get into the low second. Does that... Is that nah, I don't know about that, but, but I think... You know what I mean? Like, I, kind of They there. aren't Rutgers, that's for right. sure. I they're can not tell you Rutgers. Because they're alone by themselves in like the fifth tier. It's going right. to come down to Purdue and Northwestern and Minnesota. That's what yeah. it is. That, those are the three games. Just play right. those right now. All right, good stuff. We'll get Piper on later on this week. Maybe Isaac will, uh, will talk with him. But uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, we'll have great content on the site throughout this rest of the training camp. Derek might have some nuggets left over from what uh, he saw in Italy. But thanks for tuning in. If you haven't yet, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. That really helps us out, especially on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those different places. And tell your friends about us. Uh, but we appreciate you listening. And Isaac, got one more week of camp to watch as much football as we can. Let's go. And we'll tell you all about it right here on the Atlanta Inquirer podcast.